0: Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 87. On today's episode, I'm opening up about some of the minimalist mistakes and frugal fails that I have made. My hope is that it will help you on your journey and bring a little levity to topics that can be a bit heavy. So buckle up because I'm letting you in behind the scenes and sharing stuff that most people would probably skip over. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Gates, and I am excited you're joining me today. I've been digging into the deeper parts of myself recently, and that's probably why I'm continuing to pull back the curtains more and more into my daily life. And speaking of daily life, you guys, I am sitting in my car right now recording this outside of my daughter's school. So apologies if you hear cars or horns or I make a weird comment because... I, I'm just putting myself out there, right? I'm, okay, I'm gonna get into it in a minute, but I am listening to Daring Greatly by Brene Brown right now, and it is all about vulnerability. And one of the things she talks about is how one of um, women's points of you know contention most where we feel the most shame is in our mothering. And right now you guys, I am trying to balance it all. I'm sitting outside my daughter's school recording this in the car because she has a major fundraiser today that I didn't volunteer for 2 years ago. I still feel guilty about it and so I jumped through all the hoops so that I could volunteer this year and it starts in 45 minutes. So In order to try to get this podcast done and stay on schedule with you guys, I am in the middle of some suburban neighborhood recording this in a puffy coat with my headphones on and I feel ridiculous. But I digress. That is just letting you in behind the curtain. So I'm also like I don't know, preemptively, you know, warning you guys if there's something crazy. So all right, let's get into it though, right? Because I'm blaming the pandemic and the fact that I'm navigating this world of social interactions more recently. So I'm not going to lie, I'm probably failing at a lot of things right now and we're just going with it. We had a couple parties this last weekend and, you know, I know we were double booked. It was the first time we were double booked in two years. We had so much going on this weekend. It was amazing. But the excitement of being out and about with people in the real world has me acting like a kid in a candy store. I am all hopped up on sugar, or in this case, the positive energy of being with other people because I am an introverted extrovert. I know it's a little bit much, but I enjoy my solo time, but I need other people around me to recharge. And so I'm just, you guys, I'm out there right now because I've gotten recharged up this weekend. And so I'm probably in the mood to overshare, which means I should probably stop when I'm ahead. But we're just going with it. So some of the blame, like I said, is also falling on Brene Brown because I'm listening to her book and it has me wanting to just put my real self out there. I want to try to be braver and I want to be brave so that you guys can be braver too. Because we're not perfect. None of us are. There's no such thing as perfect. And honestly, I'm scared to be vulnerable, but I'm beginning to understand that I need to do that so that I can help you in ways that will be more beneficial to you, your life, your home, your families, all of the things. And so that's why I want to talk about some of the minimalist mistakes and the frugal failures that I have made in my life. Because money is a super loaded topic for me, and I'm still working on my relationship with it. And because of that, I'm not surprised that minimalism has always interested me over the years. Because it allows you to have an excuse to not spend money, or have an excuse to not buy something. But it doesn't all come down to that. So I'm really frugal. I'm just going to put it out there. I really am frugal. I hate spending money and it's always been that way. I hated asking my parents for money growing up. I hate you know, if I'm not making money in my marriage, like my husband and I have gone back and forth with different jobs and we've started businesses and we've started different careers. And we've always had this kind of seesaw relationship where one of us holds a steady job and the other one gets to try something fun or something a little different. And so right now we're in that where I am working on this podcast and I'm working on growing my business and he has the stable job, which is really nice because he actually really likes this one. But You know, it's hard for me when I'm not making money because, for for me, my worth is really tied to money. It's not my worth necessarily. I actually don't necessarily feel that, but I feel like love or freedom or something. I've got some issue with money, and I know I am not alone. A lot of people do. So I'm still working on figuring out exactly what that is, and as I figure it out, of course, I will share it with you. But The thing is, I still hate asking for things. I'm a big saver, and I even hate spending money. So, ugh, it's kind of a mess. When I was a kid, I saved all my money. I never spent it on little things, and I saved my money for a very long time so that I could buy a cat. I was 10 years old, and that awesome kitten cost me a whopping $250. Now, that is a lot of money for a kid, especially back then. I am no longer uh, a young chicken, right? <laughs> so that was a long, a lot of money. And before I you start spouting the merits of going to a shelter. Look, I know, I know, I would probably be in this camp now, but this was way before that was a thing. And looking back as as an adult, I think it's pretty cool that my parents were on board with me buying my own animal. At this point, I highly doubt that my husband and I would let our daughter buy a cat. And so it's a good thing that we don't listen to this podcast at home because she's a lot like me and she would probably save up enough cash to be able to buy her own animal. All right, let's get on, because it's not really about the animal. The point is that this frugal side of me, while working in my favor for leading me to minimalism, has come with its own drawbacks and failures. And quickly before we jump into it, I do want to remind you that you can pick up the show notes for today's episode at my new website, wannabeclutterfree.com slash 87. And there you will find any links that I discussed today, plus my latest download, the Happier at Home Guide. Five simple steps you can take today to tidy up, take back your sanity and thrive at home. It's completely free and it's my gift to you. And these five steps, you guys, have changed my life. They are so powerful that I still do them every day to make my life easier. So make sure you head over to wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 87 to get it. Again, that's wannabe clutter-free. I'm gonna keep saying it because I just changed it. wannabeclutterfree.com slash 87. Okay, so let's get to my mistakes and failures so that you can learn from me and not have to make the same ones yourself. Okay, this first one is pretty obvious. I want to start pretty, with the pretty obvious ones because these will probably sound familiar as most of us have tried to save money in the past with things like coupons. Now, the problem is coupons are a marketing ploy. They are not a way for you to save money. They are a way for the business to make more money. So coupons lure you in with the promise of a good deal, but you either have to spend more money to use the coupon or you have to buy something that you might not have needed in the first place. So I used to grocery shop with coupons. I used to clip them every Sunday. I used to do the whole thing. I was never an extreme couponer. I could never go that far. I just didn't have the time or the energy. But once I really looked at these coupons, I realized that I was buying products that I wouldn't have purchased if I didn't have that coupon. Or if I would have just bought the generic version, I would have actually saved more money than the coupon gave me. Now, of course, There were the tricks and the hacks where you could do double coupons or on a special day, you'd get an extra discount or something like that. But again, I never had the time or the energy or cared enough. So if you're going to use a coupon, I want you to make sure that you're only purchasing items that you would have bought, even if you didn't have the coupon. And don't buy more just to save a few bucks because again, you're spending more to save more and that never works out basic math it just doesn't work if you have to spend $10 to save 5 so in the end you spend $5 it would have been better if you just say, spent 4 in the beginning right okay so then you wouldn't have had to spend all the time and the energy and all the all the stuff thinking about it so overall i have found that i actually save a lot more money by not using the coupons in the first place i stick to a list and i resist the urge to run into a store for just a few items because just a few items generally turns into one or two extra things and those extra things add up so again try not to I mean if you're into coupons and it's your thing go for it you can keep doing it I'm not going to tell you to stop doing it if you've got your system down but if it's something that you're like huh I don't know that that's actually working for me just take a second to examine it and then the time that I save and got back by not doing the coupons I mean once I was a mom I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. So there's just no way. So again, number one, coupons didn't actually save me money. In the end, it just cost me time. I was buying stuff I didn't need and I was spending more money than I needed to. All right. My second frugal fail has also become more popular over time and that is cord cutting. So cable television has always been one of those things that I hate paying for, but I am not hardcore enough to not have television service. So about 15 to 20 years ago, way back when my husband and I first moved in together, we decided to not get cable service. And instead, we purchased the Leaf Antenna. I don't know if you've seen these things or you remember them. I think they're still around. Anyway, it's this really thin antenna. And it just is a coax cable and this really thin thing that you can stick to your wall instead of using rabbit ears. And so it's supposed to you know, be able to get higher up in the room and just kind of blend into your wall. You can paint it, you can do all the things so you don't actually see it. But the problem was it never really worked for us. I don't know. I don't know if it was because where we lived or just, you know, we've tried it in both Long Beach, California and uh, probably Waterloo, Iowa, and probably Colorado. And I kept trying to get this thing to work, but it just never did because I had a hard time letting go of it once I knew it. Like, I dig my heels in, you guys, and I try to just make something work, darn it. And so it, I don't know, it just was years of frustration with this thing. And the failure came because... We needed other gadgets and gizmos to make the sound work, to be able to connect to the antenna. I mean, and that is really the problem with most frugal fails and most things. Like I was talking about hobbies the other day. I'll link to that episode. And it's kind of this clutter creep idea. You try this one thing and you think, okay, this is going to be better. and This is going to make my life easier. And then you need something else to make it work or you need something else so it actually fulfills the promise that you needed, Or you've got to buy something to put it in or get it set up or, you know, there's so many things things that can add on to these things. And that's where the fail comes in. So this one piece that seems like a great idea. It might be, but you have to factor in all of the other things that you're going to need to either make it work or that you're going to have to deal with in order for that one thing to fulfill the promise that you expected it to, right? So instead of this being this wonderful thing in this way we could cut services and kind of get away from being dependent on, you know, the system, whatever, it became a point of frustration and resentment in trying to save money. Now, we of course have paid for internet wherever we've lived because that's what we do. Like our jobs have always been remote, online, dependent on the internet. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy. But it's not really a surprise, considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where EarnIn comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. When you download the Earnin app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See Earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So that has always been a service that we're willing to pay for. And so if I factored it in, the savings really wasn't that great between the internet service, which you generally had to pay. I mean, maybe you don't anymore. um, But you used to have to pay a premium for just getting the internet service instead of getting the bundled service. And so we probably didn't end up saving that much money over the years. But it has cost me a lot of frustration in that I'm still talking about this, you guys, almost a decade and a half later, right? Okay, so That obviously was a fail. Now that streaming services are more popular, it's become much easier to cut the cord. And so while it was a fail back then, it may still be something that you could work into your life. But I don't want you to jump into all of the services because then it gets worse than cable. So what we have done is we swap them out. So we'll say, okay, we're going to do Netflix for a month because we want to watch Ozark. And then once we get that done, we just finished or I think we're going to finish it this night tonight. So. We're going to, you know, do that and then we're going to swap that out and we're going to get Disney because we want to watch um, Encanto. Everybody says we need to see Encanto. And so it's like we just kind of swap them out for one month at a time. And uh, yeah, it can be... You know, frustrating, but I just put it on my calendar, so it's super easy to remember. Like, oh, it's coming up this week. Do we want to switch it, or do we want to keep it? And then we just have a quick little vote as a family, and we move on. So, that is the second frugal failure, and now has turned into more of a um, an easier thing. But it's just a reminder to like really factor in all the things you're going to need when you're trying to swap something out, and just. Sometimes the things that you think aren't going to be that difficult end up being frustrating because you're going against the grain and you're doing something that is different than the norm, which is not always a bad thing, but you just have to know that it's a thing. Okay. And speaking of going against the norm, this next one was a travel frugal failure. So we attempted the first time. So our daughter is eight and we traveled the first time extensively when she was one. So we did um six, uh, just over six months in Europe when she was uh, one years old. And at the time we had, we were going to upgrade our phones or something. I don't know, maybe our phones were old and we wanted to get new ones. I can't remember. But instead of getting phones, we got Google Tablets. I think they're, they were Nexus 7s or something like that. Anyway, this has been a long time. And I'm every year, a new tablet, new phone, new something comes out. So we thought, well, we're not going to have cell service over there in Europe. And so we're going to do tablets and we're just going to do data service because we, again, trying to save money. And you guys, it was such a nightmare. Yes, we were able to do it. Yes, um, it worked out for a little bit. But There were just better ways to do it. I think in the end, we ended up getting a phone and getting a local SIM card um, over there. And it just ended up being a nightmare. Now, what I would do, research all your options. But what we did on the second trip, which we did just three years ago now, we had T-Mobile. And T-Mobile at the time wasn't charging you um, international data. And so or even minutes. I think minutes were like 25 cents a minute if we needed to call, but you could always call over Wi-Fi. And so we didn't end up having to pay any international roaming on that second trip. So again, as technology gets better, some of these things get easier, but it really was a lesson in just sometimes it's harder to go against the grain than it is to just embrace what is going on and spend the extra money. Because if you're wanting to do something that's a little bit different, you just have to understand that that's part of the exchange. Okay. So, yes, don't do a tablet as a phone. It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it would, but it didn't work in our situation. Okay, so that was the third one. We have tried to use tablets as phones and it didn't work out. It was an ult- it was like A super fail. And I think I've kind of blacked out some of it because it was just so dramatizing. So okay, so that was another one. Another one has been form over function. And right now, I am in the midst of looking for a new couch for our living room. When we lived in Chicago, we lived in a very small place and the living room was tiny, like teeny tiny. And we had to fit uh, dining, we had to fit eating, and entertaining, and watching TV, and playing with our daughter all in one space. So it was very difficult. At the time, I worked for a high-end uh, property developer, and we had Um, in-house interior designers. So I used their help to find furniture and it was great. I mean, honestly, the design service was fantastic. Like I loved having somebody help me pick things out. The problem is they didn't sit on it. I had to sit on it every day and I'm still sitting on it. And while the couch looks gorgeous, it is so not comfortable. So this has been a failure that I am kind of learning about just over time, right? I thought I would buy this couch and this was going to be our couch forever, you guys. I We spent a lot of money on it. So I tried not to be frugal on this one. So this one, I feel like I learned from my frugality and I tried to buy something that was quality and decent and good that would last the test of time. But this is a minimalism failure. I wanted something that looked good. It needed to fit in my space. so I had size constraints and oh my gosh you guys it's been such a failure like this couch while it looks beautiful is like i said it's just not comfortable and it's the couch we have in our living room so it's what we sit on every day to watch something or every weekend to like cuddle up on the couch and watch a movie and it's just not cuddleable. so now i'm having to spend a lot more money to get a couch and oh guys i have to go couch shopping right now and i don't want to go couch shopping it's still it's pandemic-ish outside. It's Omicron. I don't want to do it, but I've got to. And couches have a long lead time. So now I'm still sitting, even though I'm going to go spend a ton of money on this thing, I still am going to have to wait for weeks, maybe months to get something new in my house. So make sure you test things before you know, you actually get them. And so sometimes the look of minimalism is the fail, and you need to make sure it's something that you want over the long term. So I tried to learn from my frugalism and get something that would last, but this time it was a minimalism failure, and I'm having to pay the price and fix it, but it's going to be okay. This next one, you guys, oh boy, it still pains me to think about my husband and I. I cannot believe we did this next one. I'm going to talk about, okay, they are travel mishacks, right? Okay, so you hear about all these travel hacks and how you can hack flights together and do this stuff. And maybe if you just go somewhere else first and, you know, it'll all put together, right? Okay, so we had to travel over, well, we didn't have to, but we wanted to travel over Thanksgiving a couple years ago. This was the, what, 2019. Okay. And so we were taking a trip to Des Moines, Iowa. Now we could have flown out of San Diego. But it costs us, I can't quite remember, and I'm probably going to overestimate, but I want to say it cost us, it would have been an additional like $150 round trip per person. Okay, that's a decent chunk of money, especially right around the holidays. So there was a connecting flight that was cheaper. But if memory serves correctly, and again, this was quite a few years ago, it was a long layover. And since it was in November, I was really nervous that the weather would cause problems, that we'd get stuck in a different airport. And, you know, I mean, that is kind of on everybody's mind right now, but we didn't have a ton of time and my daughter had the week off. And so, you know, we just thought, okay, if we could just take a direct flight, that would be better. But I didn't want to spend that much money on the flights from Des Moines to San or San Diego to Des Moines. And so we had a third option and it was to fly out of Las Vegas. Now, we have made that drive to Las Vegas several times. It was a direct flight. It was the cheapest. It was going to save us almost $500 and round trip. But the problem is we live in San Diego. So Las Vegas is at least five hours away from here. So it was 10 hours driving. But again, if you are not in the US, you are thinking that I am a crazy person. But in the US, we're used to driving long distances. I mean, people commute for hours every day to work. So thought okay we'll just suck it up we'll go to vegas it'll be easy we've gone in and out of that airport multiple times we know our way around it it'll, it's not a big deal right and then it's a direct flight it'll be quick that'll be great okay because about once you factored in the the delay or the um the layover it probably would have been about the same amount of travel time but this was going to cost us a lot less and it was going to be direct we didn't have to worry about that so all of this sounds great except when we got back so there was traffic, and there was weather, and instead of it taking us five hours, it took us twice as long to get home. It was the worst, the worst <laughs> night. I mean, we, it was so late by the time we got home. We were exhausted. We had just been traveling, and we'd been out of our norm, norm and we did all this. And honestly, I would have given that $500 to have been in my bed so much earlier. And so it, that is a lesson, right? That is one of my worst travel frugal hacks. I will never do that again. I will pay, I will pony up for that money, and I will fly out of the nearest airport to me with the best flight option available that's not ridiculous amounts of, of money difference, right? I mean, there is definitely a threshold, but that was one. And if you can learn from my mistake on that, then I hope it helps and it would at least ease the pain for me a little bit. I know we all have done some crazy things in life, and I'm just putting mine out now for the entire world to hear. But yes, we did do that one time. We drove from San Diego to Las Vegas to fly to Des Moines, and it was, I wish I could take that back. I wish that didn't actually happen, but it did. Okay. And the last one I want to talk about, and I don't know if this is minimalism or frugalism, I'm going to say frugal because I, one thing with getting stuff, right? I don't want to. Use more stuff. I don't want to buy more stuff. I don't want to add more stuff. I don't want to add clutter to our house. I don't want to bring more stuff in. I don't want to buy stuff off the production line and add to the clutter in the world and the landfills and all that stuff. So I am constantly trying to figure out ways to upcycle, reuse, you know, do things in my house that make them things that I want, but maybe... I don't have to go out and buy something new. So that's why that couch that I was talking about earlier is really, oh, it's really hard for me because I have a fully functional couch, but I will sell it. That is one that I, well, if it doesn't sell, I'll donate it. But I mean, that is one that definitely will sell. It's a high ticket item. I know I talk a about, lot about just donating stuff and not selling it. Or if there's a consignment shop, that's a great option because it's out of your hair and it kind of benefits the local economy as well. So If we can't sell it, I will definitely look at that option, but it just pains me to add something else to the world of stuff. And so one thing I'm sitting here, um, when I record normally, I sit and I look in my living room and there is an ottoman there. So I have two storage ottomans.
1: If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.
2: We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it,
0: Woven a um, t-shirt thread. I it was white. I dyed it with tea. I've strung it all out. It's dried, and now I am weaving it onto one of the ottomans. Well, I was being really frugal, and I didn't want to buy more thread because I didn't. I underestimated. Right? I got three giant spools of this t-shirt yarn, and I thought I would use one and a half on each one, and it turns out that that was not enough. So I have now since gone ahead. And so what I had done is I had kind of, I don't know, pieced it together. I thought it was going to be enough, but as you use it, that the weaving kind of compresses over time. And so then you could see what was underneath. So it's a white t-shirt thread. I'll, I'll take a picture of it and try to put it on the, um, in the show notes so you can see it and then I covered the top. It was a black velvet, and now it has a tan leather top that I sewed, and then the woven is kind of a cream color. Okay, hopefully that helps. So anyway, we compresses and you can see the black through and I hated it. And so I added some of the pleather. It's fake leather, the vegan leather, I guess is what we call it these days. So I added that onto the bottom and I just never really liked how it looked. So finally, I bit the bullet. I'd been looking at it all the time and I hated it. And I said, okay, I'm just going to redo it, right? Not redo it, but I'm going to add more of the T-shirt thread. I'm going to just I'll suck it up. I'll buy another one and we'll just move forward from there because I kind of hate how it is. And that's one of the things, right? So this thing, this ottoman has cost me more money and more time than, well, I guess not money because I probably am saving money on it. But in the end, if I factor in how many hours I have spent on this thing, it definitely costs me more. I want to say this with a caveat, though. If you enjoy crafting, if you enjoy creating, and this is an outlet for you and it's something you enjoy and it's a hobby that you want to do, then that is going to be fine. But if this is something that you are doing just to save money, well, you have to understand that it will cost you way more in the long run in your time and your energy and in the supplies to usually make something DIY, right? And I have done a lot of DIY projects. You guys, I've made a couch. If you don't know my history, I have a post about making a couch on this blog. So I will link to that as well, just so you can see the crazy things that I have done in my life, um, from scratch. I mean, two by fours, cut up a foam mattress, sewed all the the covers, everything, did it all. So, anyway, I will leave some of those. So, those are some of the frugal things that have really hindered me in the past, and that's just a money mindset thing that I'm going to be working on, and I'm sure I will be talking about that over the next few months on the show. And um, I need to get a money mindset person on the show to talk about these kinds of things, but it's just something I want us to be aware of, right? We have done, I'm and I'm saying we because I don't think I'm alone in this, right? I mean, I I could tell tell you my experience and I will tell you my examples but i have a feeling that if you are listening to this some of these things are resonating with you and you're going yeah okay i yep that sounds right or i've done something similar or i can't you wouldn't believe the story i did or what i did and honestly come tell me them because i don't want to be alone in this um i'm putting myself out there and i would love to know what things you have done and if they've worked if they haven't worked how have you changed it what have you learned all those kinds of things so one of the things i have learned from this last one is to really overestimate how long I think something is going to take me to make or DIY or upcycle or any of those things. I want to overestimate. I'm in fact going to double my time estimates for how long something is going to take. Then I'm going to look at, I'm going to research how much something is going to cost. I'm going to look at what the DIY version would cost and what the version, if I just purchased it, would cost. I'm going to look and see if there are Um, used items that I can buy instead that maybe the same product like let's say the ottoman right let's see if there was a used one on craigslist or on facebook marketplace or on etsy or somewhere else where someone is selling an item to see if I can buy that so I'm not buying it off the production line I'm saving it from the landfill still very similar to my desk that was definitely worth it it was a big piece I love how my desk turned out so sometimes DIY options are great but I did have to tweak it a little bit. And so I just painted it and that was simple. So it's just more of an evaluation and taking into consideration the fact that my time is actually worth something. I don't have, it's not an unlimited resource. My time is my most limited resource. I only have so much time and energy to give anymore. And as I get older, it becomes more and more precious. There are more things needing my attention. There are more things that I have to do and so it's just something that I need to weigh in. And that is the biggest lesson that I am taking from all of my DIY potential fails. And while I do like crafting and I enjoy the creative process and I enjoy looking at something that I have made, not everything needs to be made or diy by me. All right. So that's where I am at today. And those are Five or six of my minimalist mistakes or frugal fails, there are definitely more, but those are just the ones I could come up with quickly that I thought would at least resonate with you. And so now I want to hear from you. Do you have any minimalist mistakes or frugal failures that you've made? Please, please let me know. I would love to hear them, not that, you know, just so that we can commiserate together, because I think putting it out there and telling other people is maybe one of the ways to just shine a light on it and say, you know what? It's okay. I messed up. That doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a failure. I just tried something and I grew from it. And I think growth is one of the things that makes life worth it. And so come on over to the wannabe minimalist family group on Facebook and share. The group is super supportive and since it is a private group, you don't actually have to put it out to your whole world. We will be there to encourage you and grow together. And I am excited to hear from you and offer you encouragement as always on your journey toward less stuff and the happy, vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And don't forget to pick up all the show notes for today. I listed a bunch of things that I would put on there. So it is at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 87. And there you can find links to all of my resources that will help you on your journey, along with my newest guide called Happier at Home. It's five easy steps that you can take today to tidy up, take back your sanity and thrive at home. It's all on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 87. And I'm going to put it out there. I would love to be part of your support team. So if you need more help with decluttering, organizing, styling a room, creating better home systems, or just an ear to listen to things, questions that you have or things that you're going through, I would love to be there for you. The tools and resources that I have on my website are designed to help you develop the skills that you need to go from just surviving to fully thriving in your tidy home and happy life. And I'd love to have you join me. So if you are not part of my community yet, check out the show notes for links to the community on Facebook, follow along on Instagram. I am now free on there. So make sure you check that out and join my email list by either grabbing that happier at home guide or just send me an email. You can find links to all of it at again, com slash 87. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I do want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this show. I appreciate that you choose to spend some of your time with me. Trust me, I do appreciate it and value it more than you know, and I hope that the information I provide is helpful, entertaining sometimes, and inspiring. And if you enjoyed today's episode and haven't done so already, please take a moment to leave a rating and review. You can do it right now on the app you are using to listen to this episode. Give it a rating. I hope you will find it worth five stars and let me know what you think of the show and what else you want me to cover. Not only is it nice to hear how it's helping you, but it's also one of the best ways for me to know what you want to hear and what I can talk about in the topics that interest you the most. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe so that you'll be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. I'm filling up the calendar with some really great guest episodes, so reach out and let me know who you want to see on the show. It's going to be a super fun year, and the guest interviews are going to be amazing. Next week, I will be here talking about money again, in a similar fashion to being frugal, I'm going to talk about my experience as an underspender. What the heck that means, how it differs from overspenders, and tips for how to overcome either side of that spending spectrum. All right, cheers, and I will see you here next week.